0: we God, I love that song. That song's got some shelf life, y'all. Last. couple people agree? That's fine. A uh, couple disclaimers before I, I get started tonight. Just going to throw out a couple disclaimers. Number one, tonight's not really going to be a sermon. It's going to be more like an animated Bible study. Let's just call it that, okay? And so if you're, you are looking for a sermon tonight, you're probably not going to get one. But next week, I promise you, you'll get a sermon, okay? Second of all, If you are a woman tonight, if you're a woman, this is what I want you to understand. We were pretty tough on the men last week. And everything I say tonight, I'm going to circle back around and say this at the end. Everything I say tonight, my heart and my heart behind it as your pastor is to build you up, not to tear you down. So if something hits tonight, you feel like that, if you feel that, just pause before you fire off an email, um, and ask, could that be the Holy Spirit working in your heart? Deal? Okay. Yeah. All the men are like, she going to listen after what you did to us last week. Um, I was trying to think, I was trying to think of how to start and kind of connect with women because I'm a man and I don't, I don't do a lot of women things like I don't get manicures and pedicures and um, if you're a man and you do that don't tell me because I will judge you I will so judge you in my heart I just I'm judging you right now so I don't I don't do that I was and I was trying my best to think how can I connect with women so I thought about a story this week this is true happened just like I'm about to say it Um, I was on my way to the gym one time and I had a headache and it was one of those headaches that just keeps getting worse Uh, the closer I got to the gym the more my head was hurting when I walked into the gym my head was hurting so bad. And the girl working behind the counter, I knew her and she knew me. And I, I said, do you have any like Tylenol or Advil or something? And she was like, hold on for a minute. So she reaches down and she picks up her purse. Now this was one of those ladies that has about 5,287 items in her purse. So she gets her purse and she goes through it and she, she's holding something and she looks at me. She looks down, she looks at me and she leans in like she wanted to tell me something. So I leaned in and she said, I've got some doll. And I did not know what my doll was. I had no idea. Some of you men are like, what, what is my, I had no idea. And I, I was, I, I leaned back in, I was like, is it legal? Because I didn't know, do I, like, do, I, do I smoke it? Do I snort it? Do we shoot it up? Like, am I going to get arrested for, for my doll? And she's like, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a medicine for women. And I'm like, what? There is no medicine for when, what possibly could women need that men don't need? And she looked at me and she said, that time of month? I went, oh. <laughs> I said, okay, well, does it, will it knock a headache out? She said, oh yeah, you want a couple? I said, no, I want three, give me three. So I took, I took three mod all. not only did it knock my headache out, um, I know I no longer struggle with bloating. There's no cramping. I'm in a good mood. Like I, it's, so, I, it's the, so I've taken MyDol, ladies. I can connect on that level. Is that good enough? Is that good enough, ladies? There's some men. You're going to go home and Google MyDol, and I don't, I don't even know if I would recommend that. Just ask a woman. She'll be glad to tell you what MyDol. I've heard it's the wonder drug. Is that right? Okay, good, good, good. So I, in, in regards to thinking about that, it's, it's difficult to, to talk to women sometimes as a pastor because you're either going to come off too mean or too harsh or you're, you're going to come across as this, as this okay, maybe kind of might want to think about doing. So, so we're not going go to go that direction tonight. We're going to go very direct because I feel like direct communication is the best. So let's go back to um, our boy Abraham for just a second. Abraham in Genesis 12 remember we talked about Sarah. First thing the Bible said about Sarah is Sarah was barren. She couldn't have a a child. And she was like 65 when we first met her. So at 65, we said, you're not looking at the nursery to try to have kids. And then God told Abram, I want you to leave here and go to a land I'm going to show you. And Abram walked with God. And that that was like a good point in Abraham's walk with God. And all of us have um, those roller coaster moments with God. We have highs and lows and highs and lows and Abraham is walking with God and it's good but, but last week we talked about they got to the land and there was a famine and because of the famine, does anybody rem- remember where they went? Abraham led them to where? Egypt. Egypt. So they go down to Egypt and uh, that's where he had his not so good idea and he said hey, I'm going to pretend that you're my sister and, um, and remember Pharaoh took her in and that whole mess. By the way, do you, do you think that Abraham ever heard about that again? Do you think that, hey, remember that time in Egypt? Like, do you think that he might have heard about that a time or two? Yes or no, man? Absolutely, he did. So so they leave Egypt, and chapter 13 and chapter 14, a couple of cool things happen. And then chapter 15, Abraham's up, Abraham is out kind of looking at the stars, and God shows up. And God starts speaking to Abraham again. Now, so far in the story, starting in Genesis 12, God has not spoken to Sarah directly. We're going to talk about that next week. It's actually kind of funny. So far, he's only talked to Abraham. And Abraham goes back and he tells Sarah, you know, I, I was out and God showed me the stars and said, that's going to be our descendants. And Sarah's thinking, but I'm, I don't know where they're going to come from because they're not going to come from me. And this is where we get to, this is where we get to the phrase, the controlling woman. Because women Women often drift towards seizing control of a situation. Now, if you're a mom, you had to do it when your children were early because had you not taken control, they might not be here because children will crawl. If, if, you, if you put a pool of food over here and a pool of alligators over here, your child will crawl to the pit. They, they just go to the alligators every time, right? So you had to take control to keep them alive. But... What starts happening is when women, either because of fear or insecurity, and can we all agree that those are not the two best motivators in the world? Fear and insecurity, women will try to seize control. Not only of, the, of children, but sometimes their husbands. Ladies, I want to tell you where it comes from. You were born with it. You really were. I'm going to prove it to you. I want to show you this scripture in Genesis where Adam and Eve messed up. Y'all remember the story? Adam and Eve sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, up came a serpent like a water hose, said to Eve, won't you get one of those? Y'all remember that story? It's in the Bible. That's just the rap version. I can actually do the whole thing, but not tonight, maybe another time. I, uh, Adam and Eve messed up because Eve, Eve was trying to take control and Adam was being passive, And then God told Adam, okay, there's some things you're going to have to deal with. And he pronounced some curses on Adam. And then he pronounced some curses on Eve. And this is what he says about Eve. And and this is true of what, watch what he says to Eve. This is crazy that it's in the Bible. Watch this. He said, then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain, you will give birth. Now, just a random question to the women who have given birth. Is that part of the Bible true, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm, when Shannon and I have a baby, I'm hoping that whatever pain medicine they give her, I get double. I'm twice her size. I think I should get double the pain meds. So, so, so far this is true. And watch this, watch, this, watch this last part. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Eve's fault. I think when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, there's going to be a line of women that just want to slap Eve. I just think that's going to be there just for a bunch of different things, but you can add this, you can add this to the list. So, so Abraham, Abraham is not able, him and Sarah haven't been able to have a baby. And this is where we're going to step into that thing where Sarah tries to take control. Now, let me tell you something that I've just seen and noticed. I'm only 52 years old. I know I got another good 52 years left ahead of me, but this is what I know about, this is the best place to be as, as a woman, as a leader, as a person in general. But ladies, if you don't get anything I say tonight, walk away with this, that influence is greater than control. This, if an influential woman walks in the room the room lights up, people smile, people are excited. If a controlling woman walks in the room, people shut down and don't say a word. I've seen it. I I don't even need you to tell me it's true because I know it's true. This is why some of you hate the holidays. You hate Thanksgiving, you hate Christmas because you got that controlling mother or you got that controlling grandmother. And they're like, you better come to our house this year because this might be the last year you get to see me. And you're thinking, dear God, I hope so. I mean, I wish, I mean, that's what you're thinking. I, you've thought it, don't judge me. So, so we're picking up the story, we're picking up the story. Sarah has this, this desire to control Abram and you think Abram messed up last week. I want to I want to show you it's, it's both their faults. Watch this. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. Now, I've read this story for years and didn't learn this until, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. She had a, she had a Egyptian servant. Now, just a, Real quick question. It's not a trick question. It, it's just go with your gut on this one. Where do you think you would get an Egyptian servant? Egypt, right? Somebody said Walmart. Um, uh, <laughs> you get a, a G- now, who led Abraham's crew to Egypt? Abraham. You don't go to, you don't go to Egypt, you don't, get, you don't get Hagar. So, what I'm trying to say here is anytime there's a problem in a marriage, it's always both people's fault. It's never 100% one person's fault and 0%. It's 50-50, it's 60-40, it's 95-5. But so, so, like we got to own our part if the relationship is gonna work out. There's two words that are so powerful that literally change everything. Are you ready for them? Write these down. I'm sorry. Woo! That'll work, especially if you mean it. So, so Sarah Sarah develops this plan. Watch this plan. This is her plan. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord, pause. I love how she brings the Lord into the conversation. She's never talked to the Lord, but she brings the Lord into the conversation. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The Lord has prevented me from having children. So she's kind of blaming it on the Lord. go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. Men, is this going to turn out good, yes or no? Nope, nope. We're reading the story. We are reading the story going, don't do it, man. Don't, man, don't do it. But if we were Abraham, we'd have probably did the same thing he did. And Abraham agreed. In the Hebrew, we went, all right. I mean, that's, that's what he did. He all right. He agreed well, Sarah, was, I mean, it's probably like, well, you know, her idea, Hagar, she, I mean, she looks good. Ain't no flies on the girl. So, I mean, she, I mean, I'm, I'm just, listen, I'm going to take one for the team here, Sarah. I'm going to take one for the team. And this is going to cause some problems because, by the way, th- th- this issue is what we're watching on the news today. Just, just to let you know, they both eventually had sons. Sarah had a son named Isaac. And Isaac gave birth to Jacob, where the children of Israel, like the Jewish people, are descendants of Isaac. Hagar had a son named Ishmael. The Muslims are descendants of Ishmael. And who's fighting in the Middle East right now? Descendants of Ishmael and descendants of... Dang, Sarah. Dang, Sarah had the stupid idea. Watching it on the news. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations. Now, the reason I say it like that is because I saw the nutty professor, Sherman gonna have relations. And so that's what I was thinking about when I, when I read that part, Sherman. So, so Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Can you believe that one woman would treat another woman like that? It's insane. Now, let me tell you what I I think. I can't prove this. This It's just what I think. I think Sarah was secretly hoping that Hagar wouldn't be able to get pregnant because, because she felt like she wasn't enough. And one of the biggest issues with so many women is you just feel like you're not enough. And so she was like, maybe if Hagar struggles with the same thing I struggle with, then I will feel better about myself. But then Hagar gets pregnant and talk about like you're, you're not enough. And then, and then Hagar starts to like taunt her and treat her with contempt. You about to get an angry woman out of this situation. You give me the choice between fighting a lion or an angry woman, I'll take the lion every time. Amen? Yeah, some men are like, amen. So with this, I'm going to list five types of control that women try to to project over men. Are you ready for it? Whew, so enthusiastic. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Number one, spiritual control. Spiritual control. I have been doing the church thing now for, I don't know, 32 years. I have never in my life met a man. And I asked him, hey, man, how did you give your life to Christ? How How did you come to faith? And he said, man, my wife wouldn't shut up. She just kept nagging me and nagging me and nagging me. And finally, she nagged me so much. I said, please let me know this Jesus that you speak of. But, but women, sometimes when the husband won't come to church, you'll, you'll, like, you try to see spiritual control. And, and let me say this. Oftentimes, moms try to see spiritual control, especially of their teenage boys. Oh, I was in Target, which... If I'm in Target, there's going to be a sermon illustration associated with it. I've never gone to Target and not gotten a sermon illustration. And I thought I was going to get out of there, but nope. I was looking for some toothpaste. And so y'all know where it was. I was the toothpaste aisle getting some toothpaste. And I heard, Pastor P. Now, there's two types of people if I meet them in public. One one type, we keep it low-key. It's like, hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Second chance, give me those knuckles. Good to see you. But anybody ever goes, Pastor P. I'm like, okay, let me get the phone out. I'm going to take some notes. This is going to be an illustration because this is not going to go good. And this woman comes towards me, and she's got her teenage son with her, and he looks like he is horrified. He's scared. Here they come. They come toward me. I said, how you doing? She said, I'm doing good, Pastor P., but you need to pray for my son. Now, that was good enough. That's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. But mom went on to share this with me. I caught him looking at porn last night, and guess what he was doing? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this kid is going to run so far from God one day. Uh, but that's a... She, she was trying to seize control. Like, and I'm sitting there going, mom, no. Oh, my gosh. Like, I am dying inside listening to this. But then I thought, how, how interesting would it be if Second Chance had a confession booth? Like we had one, you could come like the Catholics, you could come and I'd be sitting in there. I couldn't do it. Like the third person, I'd be like, you did what? Oh, you were going to hell. I, can't, I don't think you can forget. Anyway, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that sometimes women will try to seize spiritual control. And I want to show you this in the story. So, just real quick, just real quick review. Whose idea was it for the whole go sleep with Hagar? Whose idea was it? Sarah. And now, now Abram, Abram did it. I'm just doing this to make you happy, but watch what happens. Watch what happens. Then Sarah said to Abram, this is all your fault. Notice the punctuation. There's an exclamation point, so she's yelling at Abram. This is all your fault. he's like, you told, like you told me, like you, like, let me pause. If you grew up in church, you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable right now because you didn't hear this story. You didn't hear this story. But for those of you that have kids and SE kids tonight, they're drawing this. It's going to be fascinating. I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Anyway, stay with me. Stay with me. This is all your fault. I put my servant in your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Don't you love how she brought the Lord into the conversation? Ladies, I'm just saying, anytime you bring the Lord into the conversation, number one, you better know us the Lord. And number two, there better be unselfish motives behind it. I don't know if you've got, I've got some friends that if they call me or text me and they say, hey, I feel like, the Lord wants me to share something with you. I listen, I got a text this morning from a friend in Florida. He has been one of my friends. Um, he, he knew me when, before I was a Christian. And he's like, man, I really feel like God. And it was so cool. Here's what, here's what else was cool. I got another email two hours later from a guy that don't even know this person that said the exact same thing. So I'm like, "Oh, oh okay, okay, I got it. Thank you very much. Um, it was so cool. But then some people come up and they're like, I got a word for you, and I don't know them, and I always take my Bible and I go, I got a word for you. Like, thats what, I mean, that's what I do. But I'm just, I'm just saying, don't, don't ever use the Lord to tear somebody down because many times if the Lord does get to a husband He has to go around the wife. He can't go through her if she's trying to spiritually control the situation. We good? Yeah, good. Y'all feel the tension in the room? Now men, let me pause real quick because you're like, it's gonna leave us alone tonight. No, no, the Bible says the man who finds a wife to my single guys, That means you've got to be the one to take initiative. You ask her out. And it also does not say the man who stalks a woman, okay? There's a difference between stalking and asking a girl out. No girl wants to be stalked. But the man who finds a wife finds a treasure. Your wife is a treasure, Okay, I had one guy say amen. One guy, one guy, one husband said amen. I'm trying to set y'all up for an incredible night. And I had one guy say amen. Good Lord, I need to send out a secret group text to the men going, I'm trying to set y'all up. I'm your boy, I'm trying to help you out. She's, she's treasure, no, oh, it's too late now. She's treasure. And, and listen, I, I have discovered, I have discovered if you treat a woman like treasure and not trash, I'm just saying, y'all feel how, see, I used to hate that. And now I just, I just pause and let that, let that moment sink in. The man who finds a wife, finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. Your wife is favor on your life. Screwed it up again. Nobody said amen right there. Dear God, help us all. We probably need to pray right now and go home. Spiritual control. All right, so ladies, the men aren't listening to me tonight, so I'm going to talk to y'all for the rest of the time. Okay, here we go. Number number two, emotional control. Have you noticed that women tend to be just a little bit more emotional than men? Yes or no? Yep. Yep. I had a Bible teacher in college who was hands down, the most miserable man I've ever met in my life. He was miserable. He had a scowl on his face, and I didn't understand this because he taught the Bible. He worked at a college and got paid to teach the Bible. I'm like, how can you be that miserable when you teach the Bible? He'd be like, y'all get out your Bible, gonna learn about the grace and mercy of God. And I'm like, I don't think this guy's saved. So, but I figured out why. I had to do some extra credit work, uh, because I was in college, I was always trying to do extra credit work. And so I had to take up tickets because back in the day at Anderson College, we had a Christian group come through called Jeff Moore in the Distance. If you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. And uh, so Jeff Moore in the distance came through and I was helped taking up tickets. And he said, he said, now my wife's gonna be there tonight and she's gonna be over all the ticket stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know his wife. Um, I was like, I wonder who his wife is. And I walked around the corner and as I walked around the corner, walking down the hall toward where they were gonna take tickets, I heard a woman yelling at people. Again, angry. She was, she was angry. You do this, they you giving me. I walked around and I met... Mr. Miserable's wife, and I understood. If, if I had to go home to that, I would scowl as well, right? I mean, I'm just saying, it's true that women can sometimes get emotional. But the Bible says, stay with me, the woman folly is loud. Huh. Hmm. One folly is loud. Now, in my limited experience, when I say this, this is not advertisement because I don't do a lot of counseling. I don't. But in the limited experience, when I'm talking with a couple and the husband's like, she's always yelling at me, I just kind of look at her, and she's like, I just get emotional, I just get emotional, I just get emotional. And here's the reason I'm not good at counseling, because now my question is, are you emotional or evil? Because if you're a Christian, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm not saying there's going to be times you're not going to get emotional, because we all get emotional, amen? Amen. Every time you get in an argument, if you scream and you cry because you know that's how you're going to get your way, that's emotional control. We talked to the guys last week. We're talking to the girls tonight, all right? It's just girl talk because I took my doll. I feel like I'm qualified. Number three, attention control. There's not a man in this room, and, and ladies, me, I didn't say this this morning, but if you leave tonight and the dude that you're with tells you that what I'm about to say is not true, you can't trust that guy. He just, that's my husband. He lied to you. There's not a man in this room that will not notice. If, if you're out in public and a hot girl walks by, you're going to notice. You will. And for some of, some, of, some of the men in this room, you're going to notice because your wife going to be like, you think she's cute? Nope. I mean, that's the, that's the, that is the answer. That is the answer. And, man, it's not, it's not wrong to, to notice someone that's beautiful. It's not that first look. It's that second look with that stare. And women know you will get busted every time. If you try to deny, were you looking at that girl? No, I was looking uh, at, uh, like, you're, you're like, just go ahead and admit it. Just go ahead and admit it. but some women dress in a way as to have attention control. Women, did you know that you can totally seize a man's attention by the way you dress? I was at the gym one time and, and I was overheard a conversation because I'm always eavesdropping. I'm always eavesdropping because I'm looking for those <laughs> sermon illustrations. And it was one girl talking to another other one. She's like, oh, my God, I, oh, my God, I'm so mad at him. He's such a pervert. He's such a, he was staring at my butt. He was staring at my butt. He was staring at my butt. And I looked to see who they were talking about. They weren't talking about me, and I was glad because um, 10 minutes before that, I was totally staring at the girl's butt. <laughs> Let me explain. When I work out, I don't wear my glasses. And so I didn't have my glasses on. I can barely see with glasses. And she was on the machine in front of me with these tight gym pants on, was something written across her butt. I didn't know what was written across her butt. So I'm squinting, trying to stare. I got close and it said, cheer. I almost went by her and went, woo! Just because. But I'm sitting over here listening to this conversation and I'm like, I got a thought. If you don't want People staring at your butt, stop advertising your butt. (laughs) Good thought? There's three B's, ladies. Three B's. Three B's that you got to be careful of (laughs) butt, boobs, and belly. All three. Yes. Yes. Somebody said belly. (laughs) Men, if a girl is showing her belly, do you look a second time? Yes or no? Be honest, you're in church. Yep, nobody answered. (laughs) Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Then out came a woman to meet him dressed like a prostitute. And men, you gotta be careful. And here's why. When a woman dresses in a way that takes your focus off of her heart and puts it on her body, she's got crafty intent. I'm just saying you got to be careful. Now, I am not the guy that says you need to go get dresses that are two sizes too big and you, you can't wear. Listen, there's a difference between dressing attractive and dressing to attract. And men, men, we've... Because I've heard some men go, I, you know, I'm really attracted to her and she keeps dressing like that. No, sir. No, sir. You can't say a woman, the way a woman dressed caused you to do something or act a certain way or go too far. Well, she was asking for it with the way she's dressed. No, no. Because once again, just like I told the women, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this is a verse I had to memorize early as a Christian, Job 31.1. I made a covenant with my eyes, not to look with lust at a young woman. We, we had a phrase for it back in the day called bouncing your eyes. You gotta bounce your eyes. And there's some places you go that you gotta bounce your eyes all over the place. Like you, your head feels like a basketball by the time you get home. I have learned that this is the safest place to look. Number uh, where are we at? Number four. Are we at number four. Oh yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> Sexual control. Men and women view sex differently. Women need a reason. Men need a place. <laughs> Am I correct, guys? In fact, I did. I did a little bit of research. I dug into this. I wrote this. I made a list for. Um, I made a list for the women. Uh, because some women have told me, you know, I'm not really sure and my husband's in the mood. I'm not really sure of this. So I'm going to make you a list. I made a list of seven times you can absolutely know when your husband is in the mood. You can write this down. Here we go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Men, did I get that right? Amen. (laughs) Woo! But it's wrong to look at your husband. And use sex to say, you know what, I'm going to use sex. You know what, you're not being the man I think you need to be right now and we'll cut you off for about a week and see how that goes. Sex was intended <laughs> to be a gift, not a weapon. And let's tell you what the Bible says about it because the Bible says some stuff about sex. The whole Song of Solomon is amazing let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you rejoice in the wife of your youth i love this next part she is a loving deer a graceful doe let her breast satisfy you always Some of you guys, let's be honest, this verse right here, this part right here, I mean, you finance those things, so you might as well, like you might as well, you're still making payments, so I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. And somebody's gonna ask me, is that wrong? If you can afford it, praise God, okay? I'm just, you do you, okay? I just, I don't know, just... Oh, but may you always be captivated. May you always be captivated by her love. Now, please don't do this because this is what I don't need this week, okay? This is where couples will usually either find me or email it and say, um, Is it okay for a married couple to do this? I don't know. I'm not going to show up at your bedroom tonight wearing a referee jersey with a flag and a whistle going, Nope, can't do that. It's, it's, oh dear God, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> it's between the husband and the wife. You agree on it and it doesn't degrade the other person. Praise the Lord. We good? Just a little tension. I'm not. I don't have a list, okay? I do have pictures. I'm just kidding. I don't have any pictures. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can you can tell, you can tell the secure couples. You can tell secure couples, and one of the things that's true about secure couples is, is they're not perfect, but. I got this sound pretty good. You all ready for number five? <sighs> the teardown control. the 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 wife that's always got to start a fight. Let me tell you something about most men. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this because my wife is in the room and I'm not saying this because my wife is in the room. I'm saying this because this is true. She she speaks life into me. But most men never know when they get it right and they always know when they get it wrong. Women, you you don't understand the power that your words have to your husband. There's nobody on the planet, and I'm saying this as honest as I know how to be, there's nobody on the planet that I want to hear that was a good message from more than that woman right there. If she tells me it's a good message, I don't care what any of y'all say. I don't, I don't, like I don't care. On Sunday mornings, you can ask her if this is true. Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning, I get dressed, I walk in the bathroom, and I just stand there. And I'm waiting on her to turn around and go, that looks good. And I go, thank you. And I just kind of keep going like I was. But if she don't tell me I look good, I just stand there. Just look good. Just look good. Every once in a while she turns around and she goes, you look sexy. I'm like, dang straight, that looks se-. So when I get here, I don't care if you like what I got on or not because it was Shannon approved. Hello. And, and that's. If you, listen, wives, you have, the, you have the ability to put so much wind in his sails. But there's a guy named Solomon. He knew a thing or two about marriage because he had 700 wives. I've had some men say, well, why can't we have more wives, sir? Sir, do you want 700 wives? Because that means 700 mother-in-laws. It's a little awkward right now if you're sitting with your mother-in-law. This is what Solomon said about the, the wife that's always trying to start a fight. You ready for it? This is Solomon. This is what he said. he said. He said, it's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. <laughs> So if your husband's been spending a lot of time in the attic lately, I'm <laughs> just rearranging some stuff. Might have a squirrel up here trying to get him. And in this same chapter, Solomon's writing, and he had another thought. He had another thought. He said, actually, um, it's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. Who don't think I got an amen there, sir. <laughs> I got my back to you, so I can't, I don't even know who you are. So it's just the best thing in the world. Praise Jesus. Nobody look over there. Just look at the screen. (laughs) We've gone all day without somebody doing that too. So, but it was going going to happen at the five. In the desert, y'all, in the desert, where's 120 degrees. Some people go, well, it's a dry heat. It's 120 degrees and things die. And Solomon goes, it's better to be there. And then, this is my favorite. This is actually my favorite. He said, a quarrelsome wife is as annoying. Hold off. (laughs) A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. And then he says this, watch. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind. <laughs> you ever tried that? Windy outside, I'll put a stop to this. You walk outside, <laughs> none shall pass. <laughs> Neighbors are looking out going, Perry's on the bottle again, baby. He's out there trying to stop the wind. <laughs> this is all I'm saying, and I hope... I hope last week you kind of picked this up, guys. And ladies, I hope you picked this up this week. Um, All of us have work to do in our walk with God. Like, if we were standing next to Jesus, nobody would mistake us as twins. We have have some spiritual growth opportunities in front of us, yes? yes? And so, everything I said to the men last week, everything I said to the women this week, I'm hoping that we can take all of this information and boil it down to a simple prayer that David wrote in Psalm 139, that's so simple and so powerful that it can absolutely change the trajectory of our lives. This is what David said. He said, search me God and know my heart. In other words, he's coming before God And he says, God, my heart is completely open to whatever you want to do. Now that, that, that's that's like tilling up the ground for some good seed to be planted. Then he said this, and next he wrote this, he said, test me and know my anxious thoughts. I struggle with anxious thoughts sometimes. I don't know if you do. But especially if you've been through some, well, everybody's got relationship baggage and you get in an argument and what does the enemy hit us with? Anxious thoughts. Worst case scenarios. So David's saying, here's my heart. Here's my mind. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. And then he prays this, and this is where it gets real. This is where it gets real. He said, point out anything in me that offends you. It's not like, God, you need to fix him. God, you need to fix her. God, they got problems. God, he's got, it's no, 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 no. God, show me if there's anything off, if there's anything that isn't in line with you. Point that out to me. And then watch this, watch this. This is the best part. I love this. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's so beautiful. It's basically saying, God, here's my heart. Here's my mind. Show me anything that's out of line with you and then lead me in your ways. That right there, change a heart and change a mind and change a relationship. It's simple but it's powerful. So let's pray that right now. Jesus, I pray that God, we would have hearts and minds open to you. God, and instead of being the people that make suggestions to you, that we would be the people that are surrendered to you. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I just challenge you to whisper that back to God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that offends you and lead me in your ways. Maybe you're here tonight. And you can't really pray that or you can't really experience that because you've never asked Jesus to come into your life Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to make us right with God and he can change more in us in five minutes than Dr. Phil could do in 50 years so if you're here tonight and you know you know for a fact you need a relationship with Jesus you need the power of his spirit in your life I want to invite you right where you stand just to ask Jesus into your life tonight. I'll lead you in a prayer from the stage. I will lead you in this prayer and I'm going to ask you to say it back out loud, but not alone. We do it every week here at Second Chance. Our whole Second Chance family is going to say this prayer with you so you'll know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by others. So if you're here tonight and you know you need a relationship with Jesus, pray this with me in Second Chance fam. Let's make sure they don't pray it alone. Just say, Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner. And i need you as my savior i believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sins and right now jesus i receive you into my life i declare you as lord in jesus name i pray now heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room if you just prayed that prayer i want to pray with you and i want to pray for you so do me a favor real quick if you just prayed that prayer and just hold your hand straight up in the air, and I wanna see it. Amen. Amen. There's a the hand went straight up. Anybody else? Just keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. All over the room. Amen. Ooh, Jesus, thank you. All day long, Jesus, you have saved people in every service today. Thank you so much for the power of salvation and the power that you have to change lives. to all the women in the room, I'm gonna speak this blessing over you and then we're gonna be done. But I really do feel like God wants the women in this room and the women watching online to know that you are beautiful, you are blessed, you are highly favored, you are more than enough. Jesus loves you, he's crazy about you, he's not mad at you. Somebody, he just wants you to come home so he can throw a party for you. There is nothing that you can do to make him love you less. His love is unconditional and you are covered in his grace. You can walk out of this room and literally live the life that he's called you to live by the power of his spirit. And everybody to the greed said, amen. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Hey, don't miss next week. We'll continue the series. God bless. Y'all have a great night.